section eight of the inheritance by susan edmundston ferrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume one chapter eight her tongue runs round like a wheel one spoke after another there is no end of it you would wonder at her matter to hear her talk and would admire her talk when you hear her matter all the wonder is while she speaks only thrums how she makes so many different ends hang together richard flecknoe sixteen fifty eight many visitors arrived the two following days from various quarters though all from similar motives these to see the young heiress and her plebeian mother but amongst all the varieties of life how few can even serve to point a moral or adorn a tale the most distinguished of those individuals were lady milbank and her daughters who drove up in all the bustle and parade of a barouche and four splendidly emblazoned with drivers and riders in the full pomp of blazing liveries and in short the usual eclat of an equipage which at once denotes wealth and grandeur the ladies were in the same style with their outward bearings tall showy dashing personages with scornful looks and supercilious manners they surveyed miss st clair from head to foot with a bold stare and after making some trifling remarks to her turned their whole artillery against colonel delmore who received their addresses with a sort of careless familiarity very different from the refined attentions he displayed towards his cousin good heavens exclaimed one of the ladies who had stationed herself at a window do look at this colonel delmore and at the piercing exclamation the whole party hastened to ascertain the cause the phenomena appeared to be a hackney chaise of the meanest description which was displacing the splendid barouche to the manifest mirth of the insolent menials who stood lounging at the door who can that be i wonder asked lady betty mrs st clair turned pale with terror lest it should be any of her bourgeois relations forcing their way i conclude it must be our cousin miss pratt said the earl in some agitation to lady milbank and while he spoke a female head and hand were to be seen shaking and waving to the driver with eager gesticulation and mr lindsay i vow exclaimed miss jemima milbank throwing herself into a theatrical attitude of astonishment the hack chaise with its stiff rusty horses had now got close to the door and the broken jingling steps being lowered out stepped a young man who was immediately saluted with shouts of laughter from the party at the window he looked up and smiled but seemed nowise disconcerted as he stood patiently waiting for his companion to emerge i hope they are to perform quarantine said colonel delmore i vote for their being sent to coventry said miss augusta i prepare to stand upon the defensive said miss maria 
as she seized a smelling-bottle from off the table at length miss pratt appeared shaking the straw from her feet and having alighted it was expected that her next movement would be to enter the house but they knew little of miss pratt who thought all was done when she had reached her destination much yet remained to be done which she would not trust either to her companion or the servants she had in the first place to speak in a very sharp manner to the driver on the condition of his chaise and horses and to throw out hints of having him severely punished inasmuch as one of his windows would not let down and she had almost sprained her wrist in attempting it and another would not pull up though the wind was going through her head like a spear besides having taken two hours and a quarter to bring them nine miles and her watch was held up in a triumphant manner in proof of her assertion she next made it a point to see with her own eyes every article pertaining to her and they were not a few taken out of the chaise and to give with her own voice innumerable directions as to the carrying stowing and placing of her bags boxes and bundles all these matters being settled miss pratt then accepted the arm of her companion and was now fairly on her way to the drawing-room but people who make use of their eyes have often much to see even between two doors and in her progress from the hall door to the drawing-room door miss pratt met with much to attract her attention true all the objects were perfectly familiar to her but a real looker like a great genius is never at a loss for subject things are either better or worse since they saw them last or if the things themselves should happen to be the same they have seen other things either better or worse and can therefore either improve or disprove them miss pratt's head then turned from side to side a thousand times as she went along and a thousand observations and criticisms about stair carpets patent lamps hall chairs slab tables etc 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 passed through her crowded brain at length miss pratt and mr lindsay were announced and thereupon entered miss pratt in a quick paddling manner as if in all haste to greet her friends how do you do my lord no bilious attacks i hope of late lady betty as stout as ever i see and my old friend flora as fat as a collared eel lady milbeck i'm perfectly ashamed to see you in any house but your own but everything must give way to the first visit you know especially amongst kinsfolk taking mrs st clair by the hand without waiting for the ceremony of an introduction while this and much more in the same strain was passing with miss pratt at one end of the room mr lindsay had joined the younger part of the company at the other and been introduced by colonel delmore to miss st clair there was nothing so striking in his appearance as to arrest the careless eye or call forth instant admiration yet his figure though not much above the middle size was elegant his head and features were finely formed and altogether he had that sort of classical tournure which although not conspicuous is uncommon and that air of calm repose 
which indicates a mind of an elevated cast still seen beside colonel delmore mr lindsay might have been overlooked he had nothing of that brilliancy of address which distinguished his cousin but he had what is still more rare that perfect simplicity of manner which borrows nothing from imitation and as some one has well remarked few peculiarities are more striking than a total absence of all affectation scarcely allowing time for the introduction miss milbank began in a tone intended to be very sympathetic how dreadfully you must have been bored to-day with la pauvre pratt good heavens how could you inflict such a penance upon yourself did you not find her most shockingly annoying and dreadfully tiresome annoying and tiresome to a certain degree as everybody must be who asks idle questions answered mr lindsay with a smile which though very sweet was not without a meaning the rebuff if it was intended for such was however lost upon his fair assailant then good heavens how could you bore yourself with her she was my mother's friend and relation replied he calmly of all descriptions of entail that of friends would be the most severe said colonel delmore oh heavens what a shocking idea exclaimed the three miss milbanks in a breath what's the shocking idea my dears demanded miss pratt as she pattered into the midst of the group i'm sure there's no shocking realities here for i never saw a prettier circle darting her eyes all round while she familiarly patted miss st clair and drawing her arm within hers as she stood by the window seemed resolved to appropriate her entirely to herself gertrude's attention was no less excited by miss pratt who had to her all the charms of novelty for though there are many miss pratts in the world it had never been her fortune to meet with one till now miss pratt then appeared to her to be a person from whom nothing could be hid her eyes were not by any means fine eyes they were not reflecting eyes they were not soft eyes they were not sparkling eyes they were not melting eyes they were not penetrating eyes neither were they restless eyes nor rolling eyes nor squinting eyes nor prominent eyes but they were active brisk busy vigilant immovable eyes that looked as if they could not be surprised by anything not even by sleep they never looked angry or joyous or perturbed or melancholy or heavy but morning noon and night they shone the same and conveyed the same impression to the beholder these that they were eyes that had a look not like the look of sterne's monk beyond this world but a look into all things on the face of this world her other features had nothing remarkable in them but the ears might evidently be classed under the same head with the eyes they were something resembling rabbits long prominent restless vibrating ears forever listening and never shut by the powers of thought her voice had the tone and inflections of one accustomed to make frequent sharp interrogatories she had rather a neat compact figure and the tout ensemble of her person and dress was that of smartness such though not quite so strongly defined was the sort of impression miss pratt generally made upon the beholder 
having darted two or three of her sharpest glances at miss st clair do you know i'm really puzzled my dear to make out who it is you are so like for you're neither a rossville nor black and by the by have you seen your uncle mr alexander black yet what a fine family he has got i heard you was quite smitten with miss lily black at the circuit ball t'other night colonel delmore but you're not so ill to please as anthony white that was really a good thing lord pun said to him that night looking at the two miss blacks says he to anthony with a shake of his head ah anthony says he i'm afraid two blacks will never make a white ha 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 lord rossville did you hear that at the circuit ball lord pomadown said to anthony white pointing to the two miss blacks i fear says he two blacks will never make a white no my lord says anthony for you know there's no turning a blackamoor white ha 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 a very fair answer says my lord lady milbank did you hear of lord pomadown's attack upon mr white at the ball the two miss blacks i black ball a repetition of that bon mot said colonel delmore you will really be taken for a magpie if you are so black and white said miss milbank pon my word that's not at all amiss i must let anthony white hear that but bless me lady milbank you're not going away already won't you stay and take some luncheon i can answer for the soups here i really think my lord you rival the whitehall soups but disregarding miss pratt's pressing invitation lady milbank and her train took leave and scarcely were they gone when luncheon was announced come my dear resumed the tormentor holding gertrude's arm within hers let you and i keep together i want to get better acquainted with you but i wish i could find a likeness for you looking round upon the family portraits as they entered the eating-room they must look higher who would find a similitude for miss st clair said colonel delmore miss pratt glanced at the painted ceiling representing a band of very fat full-blown rosy hours aha do you hear that my lord colonel delmore says there is nothing on earth to compare to miss st clair and that we must look for her likeness in the regions above well goddess or not let me recommend a bit of this nice cold lamb to you very sweet and tender it is and i assure you i'm one of those who think a leg of lamb looks as well on a table as in a meadow then dropping her knife and fork with a start of joy bless me what was i thinking of that was really very well said of you colonel but i've got it now a most wonderful resemblance see who'll be the next to find it out all present looked at each other and then at the pictures lord rossville who had been vainly watching for an opening now took advantage of it and with one of his long suppressed sonorous hems bespoke him as follows although i had not given much of my time or attention to the study of physiognomy as i do not conceive it is one likely to be productive of beneficial results to society yet i do not hesitate to admit the reality of those analogies of feature which may be and undoubtedly are distinctly traced through successive generations the family mouth for example pointing to a long-chinned pinky-eyed female with a pursed-up mouth hanging aloft as portrayed in that most exemplary woman the lady janet st clair has its prototype in that of my niece turning to gertrude while in the more manly formed nose of robert first earl of rossville 
an accurate physiognomist might discern the root as it were my dear lord rossville exclaimed miss pratt throwing herself back in her chair i hope you're not going to say miss st clair has the nose of red robbie as he was called root indeed a pretty compliment if it was a root it must have been a beet-root as anthony white says it's a nose like the handle of pumpwell and as for lady janet's mouth he says it's neither more nor less than a slit in a poor's box mr anthony white takes most improper liberties with the family of st clair if he presumes to make use of such unwarrantable such unjustifiable i may add such ungentlemanly expressions towards any of its members said lord rossville speaking faster in the heat of his indignation and it is mortifying to reflect that any one allied to this family should ever have so far forgot what was due to it as to form such coarse and vulgar and derogatory comparison one of them is rather a flattering comparison said mr lindsay i'm afraid there are few mouths that can be represented as emblems of charity very well said mr edwards said miss pratt nowise disconcerted at the downset she had received shall i send you this nice rib in return lord rossville let me recommend the rhubarb tart to you miss diana my dear i beg your pardon miss st clair but i'll really never be able to call you anything but diana for such a likeness what have you all been thinking of not to have found out that miss st clair is the very picture of the diana in the yellow turret lord rossville in a tone of surprise and displeasure repeated the diana in the yellow turret impossible impossible or not i can assure you it's the fact mrs st clair have you seen the diana come with me and i'll show it you come my dear and see yourself as a goddess come away seeing's believing my lord and she jumped up almost choking in her eagerness to display the discovery she had made miss pratt cried the earl in a tone enough to have settled quicksilver itself miss pratt this behaviour of yours is is what i cannot possibly permit the yellow turret is my private dressing-room and it is surely a most improper and unwarrantable liberty i beg you ten thousand pardons my dear lord rossville i really had quite forgot the change you have made in your dressing-room but at any rate i would have figured every creak and corner of yours fit to be seen at all times there's mr white his dressing-room is a perfect show so neat and knick-knacky his silver shoe-horn would be an ornament to any drawing-room miss pratt this is really i and his lordship hemmed in a manner which showed the greatest discomposure as we cannot be gratified with a sight of mr white's shoe-horn said colonel delmore it would certainly be some solace to be allowed to behold your lordship's goddess i forgot that picture it is so long since i have seen it but i should certainly wish to prostrate myself at her shrine now and he looked to miss st clair as he spoke in a manner to give more meaning to his words than met the ear the earl was much embarrassed he was provoked at the irreverent and indecorous manner in which miss pratt had been going to rush into his dressing-room and he was piqued at the insinuation she had thrown out of its not being fit to be seen he therefore wavered betwixt his desire of punishing her presumption by exclusion or vindicating his own character by instant and unpremeditated admission after maturely weighing the matter he decided upon the latter mode of proceeding and said 
although i have certainly no idea of permitting my private apartments to be thrown open whenever idle or impertinent or it may be ill-disposed curiosity might prompt the wish yet i do not object to gratify either my own family and friends or even the public in general with a view of them when the request is properly conveyed and at a proper and reasonable hour for if there is a time for everything it should likewise be remembered there is a manner for everything and although i do not consider a gentleman's dressing-room as the most elegant and delicate exhibition for ladies yet upon this occasion if they are so inclined bowing all round i shall be happy to conduct them to my private apartments the sooner the better cried miss pratt while the very ribbons on her bonnet seemed to vibrate with impatience come my dear and see yourself as a goddess and again seizing miss st clair away she pattered full speed there's a broom where a broom shouldn't be darting her eyes into the dark corner of a passage as she whisked through it then peeping into a closet and for all the work he makes i don't think his maids are a bit better than other people's End of section eight